Thanks for tuning in to the All Things Melanin Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like this week's episode, and share with a friend. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast, where your certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an update. Erica. Hey, Shelby. What's good? What's happening? What's popping? How you feeling? <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to say I'm feeling good. We have made it to the last quarter of the year. Barely. Just look at God, but we here in <laughs> <Right>. one piece. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. How are you? <laughs> you know, I am doing pretty good. I can't like believe that we are in the last quarter, the last home stretch. This year has seemed like five years. It um, really has. But I yeah. am excited because my birthday is coming up. Even Woo-hoo! though this year is going to look a lot different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> any other year. But, um, yeah. So I'm excited about usually, that. Usually you have a trip planned and all of that. So Let me tell yeah. you something. Anybody that knows me knows that I think my birthday is a holiday. And I mean it. <laughs> Um, Erica's laughing because she, Erica used to ask me like three months in advance, hey, what we doing? Because I need to know so I can mentally prepare. I think my birthday is an event. I think it's a holiday. I usually have like a whole trip booked with an itinerary and with um, with the, with uh, clothing recommendations because I usually have a theme. But since COVID happened, I'm doing something like way smaller, way more intimate, way more chill. So it's really out of my character. <laughs> yeah, but, but we're still gonna have a really good time. Yes, I'm we'll super have excited. Some kind of story to tell. Yeah, I'm super excited to like hang out with y'all and see some of my friends and do things like that. But you want to know something else? Like it's so crazy. So I was born around election day, and my birthday is usually like uh, obviously it's around daylight saving time because we usually get like an extra hour so you can sleep. When we're on a trip mm-hmm. anyway but my birthday is usually like a day or two before election day but this year my birthday is actually on election day which is giving me anxiety for some reason even though mm-hmm. i am gonna early vote but which reminds me have you voted i haven't voted yet but i'm gonna vote like next week early next week i'll vote yeah i actually went today and it wasn't that bad i thought like i saw all this stuff on social media about people's lines being like hours long but i went like in the afternoon and it wasn't a line at all so i was like thank you god but y'all please get out and vote please and i suggest early voting please yes i think it really depends on where you are um Mm -hmm. and different things like that i have seen that texas has set a record for the number of people that have early voted Millions mm-hmm. of people have already cast their votes, which is crazy. Um, right. But I'm so happy that people have gotten out and voted. I'm so happy that, you know, people are taking this seriously. And I'm actually really, really nervous about Election Day. Um, they're saying that we, we, we're probably not going to know who actually, quote, wins um, on Election Day because the mail-in ballots and stuff and things like that. So I'm just, I'm I'm really nervous, but I really have hope in our humanity to do the right thing, or most of them. Yes, because it really is so important. It is very, very important. Yeah. So y'all, please do it. Please just get out and vote. And if you're like me and you're not really into politics, whatever that means, 
Just right. do your research about the people in your county before you go and just read like what they stand for and what their purpose is and things like that. And then just make your choice. Right. So I echo what Erica said, just because I'm not Erica's <laughs> not really into politics. I don't really talk about it a lot. But I do know that this is a really, 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 really important election. So just be informed. And if you don't know, like, there's probably, you know, look it up and ask somebody. Like, you don't know what you don't know. And it's okay to ask. And it's mm-hmm. okay to talk to someone. It's okay to research and do those things. Right. All right. So with that being said, let's get into our first segment of the show, which is our dating and relationships. So we have a little spin on this um, segment today. We're going to actually talk about friendships and how friendships are actually just as important as relationships. So Heather Lindsay, she tweeted a few weeks ago. She said, I place my friends in three mental categories. One is best friend. Two is good friends. Three is acquaintances. So it's important that we understand where they stand in her life because unmet expectations can breed frustration. Some of y'all are expecting your number threes to act like number one. So basically you're expecting your acquaintances to act like best friends. So Shelby, do you agree or disagree? Um, What is your definition of a friend? How do you view friendships? And how do healthy friendships impact your life? I completely agree. Let me tell you why. I I don't know. I'm just at this point in my life where, you know, I am really very critical of all of my friendships. Like, obviously, you know, we're not 16, 17, 21 and in college no more, you know? So I just feel like I just feel like everybody has so much going on that if I call you a friend and I invest in you and not like monetary, but I invest in you like checking on you, nurturing the relationship, watering the relationship and different things like that, I expect a lot of you. Like, I think of, me and Eric were talking about this one day, I was like, I think of my friends as my family. Like, you don't get to choose family, but you can choose friends. Um, And I think that friends are a reflection of who you are, what you want to do, and, you know, just a reflection of who you are in general. So I think it's really important to choose people that represent that and to choose people that do lie with you. Um, And I totally agree. I actually do this. Erica was laughing at me one day because I was explaining to her how I compartmentalize my friends. Like, I put everybody into a category, and I treat you like that category. Like, a lot of people that are around me probably don't even know that I have put them in a category. But I think, for me, um, that it's necessary so that, kind of like she said at the end, so that I'm not expecting somebody that's an acquaintance to act like a best friend. But I feel like, for me, I've even gone, like, a step further, and I've just broken it down into two categories. Either you're my really good friend or you're an acquaintance. And I know that's probably harsh, but I really don't even have time for all three levels. <laughs> like, you get, two, you get two options with me. And I think for me, it's just like, I just don't have time to, like, baby anybody into a friendship or nurture them or make them be something that they're not. Um, I think sometimes that we outgrow people. But then I think that sometimes people are just horrible friends and you can't be friends with them anymore. So I do agree with her. I think for me, my definition of a friend just loosely is somebody that you can do life with, like somebody that you can obviously turn up with, party with, celebrate with, but also if you have something critical going on or something sad or, you know, something that you don't necessarily know how to bear along, somebody that you can go to and talk to in confidence, somebody that's going to support you in your good seasons and your bad seasons, someone that's going to show up for you even when you may 
haven't been, you know, necessarily a good friend, somebody that you can depend on, somebody that loves you, somebody that goes to war for you, but somebody also that will correct you, somebody that will stand up for you, somebody that if you don't have any strength to do something or you don't know what to do, like you can call this person and you know they might not know what to do, but you know what, you're gonna figure it out together. I think, and I can go on and on, but to me, some a friend is somebody that's family, and a friend is somebody that no matter what, like even if you get mad at me, even if we have a disagreement, even if we don't agree, even if we don't see eye to eye, like if I'm still mad at you and I call you at 3 a.m., are you going to pull up? Are you going to, you know, help me when I need to be helped? Are you going to give me tough love? I think I think being a friend is not just one thing. I think being a friend is very multidimensional, and I don't think a lot of people understand that. I think a lot of people have cliché ideals of what a friend is I think a lot of people don't know how to be a friend I think a lot of people are selfish and don't have good friends um but that's really kind of what I how I kind of divine a friendship and Erica knows this, but like I really do take friendships like really really seriously and I think a lot of times in my past I was calling people friends that weren't friends people that were probably colleagues or people you know that were just acquaintances I really try to believe the best in people but I've learned that sometimes people will call themselves a friend to attach themselves to what you're doing who you know or just to kind of your energy or to kind of what you're doing but I've learned that when like real life stuff happens and your back is against the wall or you feel like crying or you're down or you don't know what to do or you know you're not at your best like the people that showed up for me in that season those are people that I'm going to call friends. Those are people that I'm going to go to war for. Those are people that I will pull up at 3 a.m. for. Those are my people. And I think that we have to get very clear of what we think a friend is and make sure that those people are um, aligning and reciprocating that into our life. What do you think, friend? Yeah, and I think that the, the sad part about that is, is um, you won't know which category to put your friends in, best friend, good friend, acquaintance, right. until you actually do experience something where you need a best friend. Right. And so it can be disappointing when you have, when you thought, you know, people in your circle really ain't in your corner. Right. <laughs> you know, that's when, when you go through something, those types of friends or not friends are exposed. But when we first opened this segment up and we were talking about friendships are just as important as relationships, that is like the truest statement because you know how like when you're in relationships, they always say like you should, you know, know your partner's love language, like what they right. what they need from you. That's the same thing with a friendship. Like I wish we had friendship love languages <laughs> or right. whatever we want to call it because for me, I cannot treat each of my friends the same because it's a different friendship with each person. Each right. person is different. For example, I have one of my best friends. We don't talk every single day, but that doesn't make a, our friendship any less strong. You know what I mean? It's like right. when we link up, it's like we never missed a beat. But then I have other friends where that person may need to talk every single day, you know, but it's not any, it doesn't make them any less of a friend because of, uh, what one friend does and the other one doesn't. So right. I think we we also have to be clear on each friend is different and we need to know how to cater to that person based on what their friendship love language is. You right. know what I mean? So I can't compare one of my friends to my other friend and be like, well, she ain't a best friend because she don't do what this friend does. And right. it's like, well, it's 
each one of my friends is different. Like I can hang out with certain friends at business meetings. There's certain friends I can't take to business meetings, but I can take them to the club. You know, one, right. <laughs> you know, there's each person is different. So I think that we also have to just understand how to be friends with each person. Yeah. Like what works for one ain't gonna work for my other friend. What works right. for one friend ain't gonna work for her. So um, that's one thing we have to get clear on. And then for me, I've just really never had a lot of people. Uh, I just never really had this trust for people. So I mm-hmm. never really call people best friend a lot. Like right. I, I, it takes a long time to get there. And like I said, I actually have to go through something to realize that like, yeah, you really have my back. You really will pull up at 3 a.m. Right. Um, so yeah, I do agree with what um, Heather Lindsay said. You should recognize which compartment those are in. And it's okay because each friendship, we always go through different seasons. Like some friends just aren't able to be there the way that they want to because they're going through something or the opposite. So also my definition of a friend is like, I agree with what you said, Shelby, is somebody who who is like family and who really knows you, who really understands you without you really having to say much, you know? Right. Um, and also somebody that's going to be honest with you and tell you, hey, look, you tripping. Like right. what you're doing is not cool and I'm going to need you to stop. So right. that's awesome because I don't want to have a whole bunch of yes people around me. Because to me, that falls into the acquaintance category. If I'm out here acting crazy and you just telling me, yeah, girl, that's, mm-hmm. that's what's up. No, I need somebody to be like, girl, sit down. You, you're doing too much. <laughs> right. Sit down. So <laughs> that would be a friend to me. Um, and then healthy friendships is uh, like holding each other accountable and making sure that um, but it's not a one-sided situation. I've had a lot of friendships in the past where I thought they were my good friend, but really it was all coming from me. And I just hate feeling like I'm the only person putting in the effort, but also everybody is not you. So that's another thing you have to realize is that just because I feel like I'm a friend in this way doesn't mean that person's going to be that same way to me. Right. And that's a hard reality to learn. But um, yeah, that's all I got to say about friendships. But friendships come and go. The more you learn, the more you realize who really is in your corner and who isn't. And that's that's OK. It's part of life, honestly. I definitely agree. And I think for me, especially, you know, being in the season, I have just been, you know, reevaluating my friends and I have just kind of been reevaluating what I like, I guess, like what um, category they fall into. But you said something that is so, so true. And that's just how you can't treat each friend and interact with each friend the same as you do other friends. And I think for me, I had to learn that like I had to learn okay Shelby you can talk to this you can you know like this friends maybe this friends love language is quality time you know so Shelby mm-hmm. you're gonna have to spend quality time with them or you know this person's love language is you know words of affirmation encouragement and I think that we have to a good part of being of having healthy friendships and having good friends in your life is you have to put in the work I think a lot of times we forget that you have to put in the work to be a good friend that you have to water it, you have to nurture it that you have to do the work but you also have to understand that in certain seasons of friendship that sometimes you know especially if your friend is going through it that you may have to pull a little bit more of the weight in the friendship and that's okay I think for me I always struggle with in friendships knowing when to let a friendship go and when to work harder you know what I mean like knowing Mm -hmm. okay like is this person going through something you know do I need to check on them more do I need to encourage them more do I need to 
pull up on them? You know, do I just need to be more nurturing to this person? Or is this person being a bad person? Like, is this person, like, being a bad friend? And I think for me, because I always want to give people the benefit of the doubt, and I don't know about you, but I hate when I put a lot of work into a friendship and it doesn't work out. Because I always feel cheated. I always feel slighted. I always feel like, you know, like, why did this friendship go wrong? But I think you hit it right on the head when you said, like, you know, some people are meant to be lifetime friends and some people are meant to be seasonal friends. And I think we forget or I forget sometimes that friendships, like you said, are just as hard as relationships sometimes. Like, sometimes I be drained. Like, what do you want? Maybe a a man is a little bit simpler. No, I lied. But, um... (laughs) It's just, I don't know. It's just sometimes it can get a little bit overwhelming, especially, you know, with, you know, the times we're in, you know, right now. Like, I don't know. People, I just, I think for me, I used to be one of those people that I've always generally kind of had a lot of people around me and a lot of friends around me. And I think in the past couple of years, I've started to slim that down. But one thing I have learned about friends, and you tell me what you think, friend, is that every time I've always, like, I pray over each and every one of my friends. Like, I pray over friends that I don't even talk to anymore. But each time I've asked God to show me, is this person my friend? Is this person somebody that I can rock with? Like, ask Erica, God will make something so dramatic happen that I can't be that person's friend. Yeah, that's facts. And I agree with that. And also, like you were saying, like, not knowing when to, like, let go of a friendship or keep trying. And I think that, like I was saying earlier, when you start to feel like things are one-sided, like it's only coming from you. And it's not necessarily just because your your friend is, like, going through something and they just don't have it in them right now to be the normal friend that they are. But it, it becomes draining. And a relationship should never be that way. Even if when you're in, you know, a romantic relationship with someone, you don't ever want to feel drained. So I think that's when something needs to adjust. Either there needs to be a conversation or there needs to be like a break or something. Right. Um, but also one thing that Heather pointed out in her tweet was also that about unmet expectations. That's another yeah. thing that we we do that we need to stop doing is putting expectations on people, the wrong people. Right. Because that's how you get disappointed. That's how you get frustrated. That's how you get mad because it's like you expect somebody to either be the same friend that you are and they don't meet your expectations. Now we mad at them. Right. And it's like, it's sad because I'm never the type of person to say, oh, just walk in and don't expect nothing. Like, no, I feel like you should expect something. Like I expect you to be respectful to me and vice versa, like that type of thing. But we put that expectation on the wrong people. And I feel right. like I do that all the time. <laughs> like, And yeah. then be just disappointed and upset because I expected this person to be what they were never going to be to me anyway. So, yeah. And I think for me, just to add to that, and I'm the same way, friend, but I think when I feel like that, I feel like that because, like, I, like, I'm not a perfect person, but I feel like just in general, like, I'm a really good friend. So I expect the me in terms of friendship from other people. But I think that a lot of people really don't understand what their friend is or a lot of people, I've realized that a lot of times we don't have the same definition or outlook on what a friend is. And one thing that I'm learning or that I've learned as I've, you know, gone into my adult friendships and life hits it, I've realized that you have to learn how to communicate effectively with your friends because we forget that like our friends can't read our minds. Our friends don't know what's going on. So I think it's very important if you feel the need, you know, obviously to share. I feel like it's really important that you communicate with your friends 
and that you definitely put healthy boundaries in. And if you need something or you don't like something or you feel some type of way about something, I feel that it's important if you feel like it to share that. Because I feel like a lot of times, sometimes friendships go around the way because people bottle up things or just or because they have these expectations or because they're just not on the same page and they're, we're not equally yoked in friendship. Yeah. And kind of like you touched on earlier, like you want to give people the benefit of the doubt. But it's crazy because I'm the type of person, I feel like I give really good advice, but I don't be taking my own advice. Right. <laughs> so, for example, when I like, I I want to give people the friends the benefit of the doubt. And it's almost like I can't recognize when somebody just really ain't my good friend. But if I'm around other people or my other friends and their friends, I can spot immediately, uh-uh, that ain't your friend. Right. But it's like, I can't, I can't do that for myself. Right. But I can spot somebody else that's like, nah, that girl, she ain't your friend. That boy, that ain't your homeboy. Like, you know? Right. But I think it's just me just wanting to see the good in everybody. But at the same time, it's like, at some point, you'd rather want to ha- have that one good friend than a whole bunch of people that don't really have your back anymore. I agree. All right. That was good, um, you know, introduction to this <laughs> uh, show. So let's keep it moving to our next segment, which is the journey, where we're going to talk about, um, we're going to touch on things from career to our passion with all things melanin. So um, today we're going to talk about being an educated, smart, career-driven woman. So in being that, we often deal with a lot of microaggressions. So like holding your tongue and having to be careful about what you say and um, and do as we build our careers. So how do you deal with being the only black woman in the room sometimes? So how do you feel? What steps have you taken to be heard or to be seen in those situations? Um, and what advice do you have to someone who is looking to move forward in their career path? I think for me, it's always been like a really, really weird space to be in. Like, feeling like the token black girl or the token black person. I feel like that carries a lot of, you know, weight and pressure because you don't want to say anything dumb. You don't want to come off aggressive. You don't want to come off mean or mad. You don't want to come off as a know-it-all. But you don't want to come off quiet or different things like that. I feel like sometimes a lot of times I've ended up being the token black person or the token black woman because I think just in general I definitely think that my credentials get me in the room and I think sometimes as a black woman and I I think sometimes as a black woman I downplay a lot of my accomplishments or I downplay you know a lot of my uh, a lot of my education or who I am because I don't want to seem like I'm bragging I don't want to seem like I'm doing the the most you know what I mean However, at the same time, it's like, okay, Sarah does it and it's not a problem. But if I do it, I'm bragging and I'm showing off. But it's just really you have a jealous heart. You know what I mean? So for me, I will say that I definitely, you know, have a struggle with it because it's it's a really, really hard place to be. Because even though you know you're in the room because you're smart and intelligent, um, we both know that just because you have the skills to be there and the intelligence to be there, you they don't always want to hear you. Um, they don't always right. want to hear your ideas. They don't always want to hear what you have to say. I think sometimes I've even felt like I should, you know, just be, quote, happy because I'm allowed to be in the room. And 
I think I've learned, just so you know, that just because you're the only one in the room doesn't mean that they're smarter than you because it's often not the case, just so you know. But I think for me, I have learned that I've had to be very calculated when I say something. Like, I got to have facts and reasoning to back up what I'm saying. I have to, you know, definitely come in there with a lot of passion. I can't, you know, take any mess or back down. I have to be very sure of myself. I have to have a plan. I have to have the facts. I have to have all of my ducks in a row. And I have to also, you know, take into account how I say things. I have to take into account my body language. I have to take into account who's speaking. I have to take into account my facial expressions. I have to take into account you know, how I'm going to say anything, how I'm going to say something, the tone that I'm going to say it, when I'm going to bring it up, who I'm going to direct it to, and how I'm going to try to get my point across. Because, you know, there have been times when I've been in a room where, you know, I haven't felt valued, where I've been made to feel like I wasn't smart. There have been times in a room, times where I have shared an idea and it wasn't a good idea, but Sarah said the same thing and it's amazing. So I think for me, I've just had to... I think I just had to become more confident in who I am as a person and put it out there. I think being a black woman, especially building, you know, a side hustle and then trying to be in corporate America, I think that I've just realized that it's it's not always going to be easy to be the only person in the room. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be uneasy. It's going to be hard sometimes. It's going to be sad sometimes. But I think for me, I've had to learn and I've had to decide, do I want to be outside the room being basic or do I want to be inside the room making a change or trying to further my career? And I think what helps me is that I literally in my head before I go into a meeting or, you know, I talk to somebody, I have to have all of my ducks in a row and I have to do all of my fact finding. But I also have to remind myself every day, every second, every moment that I'm in there that I deserve to be in the room because nobody is smarter than me in that room. Nobody's better than me in that room. But I do have to prove myself more while I'm in the room. Yeah, and it is so hard to um, realize that. Um, for me, I live this reality now, and especially in a, a, ma- a white male-dominant field. And being a young black woman, I always feel like I got to have my ducks in a row 10 times harder than they do. I always feel like I got to show up knowing uh, more than they do type of thing. Because even when I speak about something, I still sometimes there's some instances where I feel like I'm being undermined. And -hmm. I don't want to pull the race card every time, but I can't be ignorant to it either. Right. I feel like, oh, well, if I was Joe, the 45 year old white dude, you would probably be like, oh, yeah, whatever he says. But if Erica says it, the young in her 30 black girl, you're going to go ask five other people first. Right. You know what I mean? And that's just the reality of it. And it sucks. But um, I remember one episode we were talking about, um, we kind of touched on like being a black woman and how I said in a all white company, like I'm just not going to water down my blackness anymore. And I'm not saying like I'm going to walk in there like with my fist up in the air, but I'm just saying like, you're going to know that like, hey, I deserve to be here just as much as you do. There's instances where I've walked in and I've had people ask me like, like, like basically grill me about what my experiences are and like what, where did I go to school about this and how do I know this? And it's like, 
I've already been hired for the job. I don't need you to come in here and ask me these questions. You ain't asking Joe them questions. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, um, there's been times where I've had certain work just taken right from under me and given to the next white woman or the next white dude. And it's like, I'm not trying to be like, it's because I'm black, but it's because I'm black. (laughs) So, um, and, and what do we do in those situations? Because it's like, we can't, you know, be that stereotypical, like, I'm not going to go up to him and like, you know, do all the stereotype, what they expect my reaction to be. It's Mm -hmm. like, I really do have to hold my tongue against those microaggressions because what else am I going to do? I'm like, you know what? I got bills. I ain't got time to be doing (laughs) all this extra stuff. And so for me, I feel like a way to just, uh, if you're ever in a situation like that, just being able to move forward in your career, it just make sure you're prepared. Be as prepared as you possibly can. Um, and just walk in that room like you belong there. Like, right. don't walk in there like, oh, I don't know if I, I'm kind of intimidated. Because honestly, walking in a room with people that don't look like you, it is intimidating. Even if you're the smartest person, it can be very intimidating. But right. just walk in that room like you deserve to be there. Because you do. Even if there's going to be times where they look you over and or they, like I said, undermine your opinion about something or your your no about something. Um, we really have to like fight for it. That's just what we have to do because right. that's, I feel like that's always going to be there. That's not that's not just something that'll just all of a sudden go to what go away in twenty twenty one. Like we're we're always going to have to have that fight of you know what I'm a black woman. I can walk in here amongst these other men and really, you know, I'm just as smart as they are. Type of thing. Right. But hold your tongue, ladies. That's all I can say. Hold your tongue. <laughs> right. Now, I agree. I just think that being a black woman or being a, a person of color in general, like, we just have to be more calculated in what we say and how we say it. Yeah. Like, we just can't be like Joe or Sarah. Like, we got to have some facts and stuff to back up what we're saying. We have to have some gumption. Like, there has to be a reason. You know what I mean? There has to be facts. There has to be probable cause for it. That makes yeah, there's been situations where I'm like, you know what, if I said that in an email, y'all would fire me in two seconds. But yeah. because Joe said it, he ain't getting fired. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But um, I just don't, I just want to encourage everyone to just don't water down your smartness, your creativity, your drive. Like, don't water that down for nobody. Um, And, like, just, I just want us to shine, you know? I'm, I'm like, we shouldn't walk in no room and ever be intimidated by you know, what are they going to think of me? Right. Oh, I might not know this or that. Like, be prepared. Walk in there right. like, I'm here. Good morning. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, I think that's some good advice. And I think we're learning that, too, um, with all things melanin, too. Because when right. we start walking into rooms, we don't, I mean, we're relatively a, a, a baby still. If we walk into rooms with huge companies that are bigger, we don't want to be looking like intimidated, like we don't belong there. Right. So we're a work in progress. Um, all right. So let's move on to our mentor moment segment. So this is when Shelby and I are going to read one of our listen listener letters that was submitted to us. And then we'll give our advice. So this one says, hi, Erica and Shelby. With everything going on, I've been fe- feeling very overwhelmed, tired, angry, drained, sad, and just all over the place. I feel like when I talk to my friends and family, I'm burdening them and putting all of my problems on them. But if I don't talk to them, I feel even more overwhelmed and tired. I've been thinking of going to therapy, but I'm afraid of what others may think of me. 
it's not something that is talked about a lot and I'm not sure if it's even for me. I don't even know how to go about finding therapists. Do you think I should give therapy a try? So I don't think just to start off first and foremost, I do agree. I don't think that I think we're getting better about it, but I don't think that we talk about therapy enough in the black community. Like I don't think that we talk about it as being okay to go or being okay to do. I don't think there's anything going I don't think there's anything wrong with going with to therapy. And I don't really necessarily think that anything has to be majorly wrong for you to go. I think what therapy does is it gives you an outlet to talk to a unbiased person. For you, you know, to be open and for you to be honest, because at the end of the day, this person does not know you from drunk crack. Like it doesn't matter. So you can be honest with them. I don't think that there's anything wrong with going. I think that it's very good that, you know, you that you know and understand your breaking point, that you know and understand that you're tired and um and that you're overwhelmed and that you are aware of how you're feeling emotionally and mentally. Because especially the time that we're living in right now with everything going on, life is draining. And everybody has their own problems. Everybody has their own downfalls. And it can feel, I know sometimes when I talk to some of my friends, like, and I tell them things that are going on, I always feel bad, like I'm putting my worries and troubles on them. So I get that. So I personally don't think that there's anything wrong with going to therapy. I encourage you to go. I think that we us we underestimate how therapy can help us improve, how therapy can help us be better people, how therapy can help us mentally, emotionally, and even physically. And then if you want to go but you don't want anybody to know, you don't have to share that with them. That's nobody's business. I think that if you want to share that you're going to therapy, I think that's great. But if you don't want anybody to know and you don't want to share that part with anybody, you don't have to. That could just be something that's between you and your therapist. But I don't think, you know, that you should let being afraid what other people think or people finding out that you go stop you from making sure that you're personally in a good place mentally mentally and emotionally. Yeah, I agree with that because it's really just about your mental health and, and being getting better at that and I think you made a good point with saying it'll be good to talk to someone who doesn't have a biased opinion because if you are talking to your friends of course they're going to be on your side and, and you know support you in that way but it's also good to talk to someone that could give you constructive advice or right. maybe some like homework to do to like work through your your emotions and work through your thoughts and then um because the worst feeling is like feeling like you can't talk to anyone Right. Or you feel like that no one understands you or what you're feeling or feeling like no one has been through what you're going through. So you don't even know how to talk to your friends because it's like, well, they've never even been through this. So how can they tell me anything? You know, right. A lot of people kind of back to our friendships, like when you when you vent to somebody, some friends think that they have to respond with something. Right. Really just being able to talk and not have someone try to tell you what to do or tell you how to deal with it. Just being able to vent to someone, which could be that therapist, is helpful. And like I said, they could give you constructive, like, activities to do, whether that be journaling or 
um, just different type of things to, to sort through your emotions. I think it's helpful. I would never discourage anyone from um, going to therapy. And like you said, it doesn't have to be anything like seriously wrong. You could just be like, look, I'm stressed. I need to talk to somebody. <laughs> so, and there's nothing wrong with that. So I would say, yes, give it a try and give it a try for a substantial amount of time. Like don't just go one time and be like, nah, it ain't for me like maybe just go like whatever their program is like it's four to six weeks or something right for that for for that first you know time period and see how how it's helping um and like Shelby said I wouldn't worry about what other people think you ain't got to tell them where you're going you know um because this is for you your mental health and your emotional health so I would say yes though it's always a good thing to, to talk it out um so if you guys out there have any questions like this that you want us to answer, send us an email at allthingsmelanintv at gmail.com or slide in our DMs at allthingsmelanin underscore underscore. So we're going to leave you with words of encouragement from Matthew eleven twenty eight. Shelby, you want to read that one? Yes. It says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. When I think of this Bible verse, or like when I was reading this recently, like this really hit home because personally, I feel like I have literally had the weight of the world on my shoulders. I just feel like no matter how hard I try, no matter how much I do, no matter you know the how positive I am, I just feel like it's one thing after another, just literally being you know put on top of me, and I feel like just as someone that is very independent and someone that likes to get stuff done and take care of things, I feel like I have taken a lot of these things on myself. Um, but that still hasn't helped. So the one thing that I have found is that sometimes or in this season, as things pile on me, as I get one thing on top of another, put on my plate, I realized that, like, there's nothing that I can do to relieve the burdens and the worry um, and the weariness that I'm feeling in this season. If I could, life would be very different right now. (laughs) But I'm realizing that sometimes or a lot of times when we're feeling like this way, it's not for us to take the, the burdens and the weariness off of our plate and to not make us feel like that. A lot of times it's for us to go to God so that he can relieve us of the burden, so that he can relieve us of the weirdness, so he can relieve us of the heaviness. Like a lot of things that we're dealing with in our lives, it was never meant for us to deal with them on our own. It was never meant for us to figure it out or problem solve. A lot of times, a lot of the things that we were dealing with, it was meant for us to take it to God. Like we forget that everything that we're going through in life or anything that's on our plate, it's not a surprise to God. Our days were already written before we were even a thought, before we were even conceived. So it should be no surprise that when we get to this point in our life, God already knew where we were going to be. God already knew that we were going to need him. And I think sometimes God brings us to these points so that we can rely on him, so that we can talk to him, so that we can pray, so that we can let it go, so we can be in his presence and his comfort. Because if we're being honest, a lot of times, when things are going good, when things are going well, when everything's perfect and going our way, when we got the man, when we got the job, when everything is glittering and gold, we don't go to God like we're supposed to. Yeah. We don't spend time with him like we're supposed to. 
sometimes we go through these trials and we go through these wilderness seasons and we feel so heavy and we feel so burdened because sometimes that's the only time that God can talk to us. Sometimes that's the only time we give him our time freely. And I guess for me in this season, I'm just learning that I don't have to have it all figured out. I don't have to know how to problem solve or I don't have to know how not to feel heavy. All I have to do is go to God and talk to him, pray, give him thanks, thank him in advance, do my part, be a good steward, believe in him, have faith, have hope, be a good steward of his word. I find that when I am a good steward of his word or when I give it to God, because sometimes when I go to God, like sometimes I don't even have words. All I got is God, you know, that's it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But the thing is, God knows my heart. And I think wherever point you're at in your life right now and however you're feeling, I probably can guarantee you that you're trying to take care of it on your own and it probably hasn't worked out. Trust me, I'm there right now. But sometimes I've learned that when you ain't got nothing else to do, like if you just call on God, you'll start to feel a little lighter. It may Everything may not be solved tomorrow, but you'll get a little bit more peace. I would just add something to that. Because um, for me personally, I've been struggling with rest, like resting my mind. Like my mind goes 100 miles per hour all the time and I can't shut it off sometimes. So literally the past, like maybe week and a half, I have been waking up randomly at like 4 a.m. and not being able to go back to sleep. Right. And it's like when that happens every night, you're just falling to being exhausted and you literally can't rest. So sometimes when I feel like I'm being wake, woken up at that time, it's like God is prompting me to pray. Hey, you need to sit here and you need to pray. You need to sit here and let me talk to you. Like, So for me, I... I'm the, I'm definitely a worrier. I'm definitely feel weary whenever I can't rest and I'm worried about, you know, I'm the type of person I feel like I have to have an explanation for things. Well, why is that happening? Right. I need to understand. Why is that happening? God don't work like that. And I'm a very detail-oriented person. But God don't give you the details. No, he does doesn't. He? No, he doesn't. <laughs> so I'll be like, okay, God, um, what are we doing? <laughs> so um, for me, I always just try to tell myself, give it to God, go to sleep. Give it to God. Go to sleep. But sometimes that does not work. And that's okay. You can even, you can pray this and say, you know, God, I give you all my heavy burdens and please give me rest. And and you'll feel great the next day. But then maybe that following day, you still feel burdened. It's a it's a constant battle of your faith. And right. I feel like once you, you made a great point, Shelby, when you were saying like, there's this is not a surprise. And it's not. If we know that everything's already laid out and planned why is it that we still get into this point of worrying and i think it's because we don't see anything changing around us our circumstances are telling us the total opposite of what we're supposed to believe so this is not a a walk in the park this is hard like you can't just be like oh i'm gonna give god my worries and i'm not gonna worry about it tomorrow well if you like me i'm gonna worry about it tomorrow (laughs) that's just real but but once you learn that you start to get exhausted because you can't rest, you're going to have to give it to God. You're going to have to humble yourself and be like, God, you got it. I can't do it. Right. So, I agree. Yeah. So you want to pray us on out of here, Shelby? Yes. Here we go. Close your eyes. 
Heavenly Father, we come to you as humble as we know how. First and foremost, thank you for allowing us to convene again. We pray for every person that has assembled to listen to this podcast. We don't know what the words are. We don't know what their, bur- their burdens are. We don't know what they're weary about. But Lord Jesus, you do. So we come to you, Lord Jesus, and we pray first and foremost that you would cover them. We pray that you would cover them. We pray that you would keep them. We pray that you would lead and guide them in the way that they would need to go. We know, Lord Jesus, that this is not an easy season for them. So we pray that when they go out and they venture out, that you will cover them and protect them. We pray that, Lord Jesus, you would continue to be there for them. We pray that you will provide their needs. We pray that, Lord Jesus, you will provide for their friends' needs. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just continue to be with them. In your name we pray. Amen.